Hello and welcome to Finch Shorts Daily. In today's episode, we tell you how Japan's businesses have continued to survive for ages despite frequent disasters. Before we start today's episode, here's a quick side note from Team Ditto. Did you know that two-thirds of medical bills in India are paid out of pocket? Imagine growing your investments only to see them vanish with a single hospital trip. That's why as a financially prudent individual, you must have comprehensive health insurance. And for this, you can talk to our team at Ditto Insurance today, where we guarantee unbiased, spam-free and personalized insurance advice. The link is in the description below. Now, on to today's episode. If you glanced at the morning paper or went through the internet headlines, you probably know that Japan is in distress. Yet again, the new year didn't begin very well in the country of the rising sun courtesy a major earthquake that struck central Japan. Thousands of people have been displaced and the death toll slowly seems to be picking up. But this isn't new for Japan since it's among the most seismically active countries in the world. It regularly stays in the news for damage caused by disasters, so much so that quakes have become part of people's lives. In fact, Japan has about 1,500 earthquakes every year that people can feel and some kind of seismic activity is recorded about once every 15 minutes. So after a point, people get used to them, as the BBC puts it. Yet Japan is the fourth largest economy in the world, and it has had one of the most impressive per capita GDP growth rates between 2012 and 2019, second to just the US during the same time. And mind you, these were the years just following the Great East Japan earthquake that killed nearly 20,000 people in 2011. So here's something to ponder about. How does Japan's quake-prone economy bounce back every time? Well, you could say that Abenomics has had a role to play. When Japan was hit by a crisis nearly 13 years ago, its former Prime Minister, the late Shinzo Abe, stepped in to contain the damage. He believed that Japan could make progress if he could get the multiple levers that drove its economy to work together. He visualized renewed fiscal policy, monetary policy and structural reforms and got them to work in unison to achieve just one thing, growth. Interest rates on debt were lowered to help people and businesses get better access to credit and it materialized into higher spending, increased demand and a better economic picture. But that's just on the broader side of things. Japan's disasters and crisis have taught it to always be on its toes. The country has invested heavily in disaster prevention measures and early warning systems. Since 1980, its government has poured in about $6.4 billion on average every year in disaster prevention measures, including earthquake insurance for businesses. Besides, a lot of money also goes into revival and support measures. To begin with, the Japanese government goes beyond its means to cover most of the costs required to rebuild businesses in disaster-affected areas in the form of tax measures. So when a region is affected by a natural disaster, businesses find it hard to expand in that area again. So incentives like special treatment for lost assets in the form of income and local tax reductions can help. Areas affected by calamities, say a tsunami, get real estate tax exemptions. So if businesses were to invest in these affected areas to build their office spaces and other infrastructure, they get tax incentives and financial subsidies. Small and medium business enterprises enjoy these benefits too. So companies never shy away from springing back to normalcy. But here's something people may not often talk about when it comes to Japan's business resilience. 
businesses here aren't just survivors. They're also entities that last really, really long. You see, more than 52,000 companies in Japan are over a century old. They're also called Shinis, which translates into old shops in Japanese. For more context, the country houses the world's oldest hotel, Nishiyama Onsen Kiyunken, which opened in the year 705. It also boasts the world's oldest tea house, Suen Tea, which poured its first brew in Tokyo in the year 1160. And beat all of that, the world's oldest company, Kongo Gumi, also survives in Japan. It's a construction company that has been surviving for nearly 1,400 years and counting. And these businesses probably didn't have the kind of disaster preparedness that modern-day governments brought about. Then, how do they even survive? Well, the secret might lie in the fact that most of these businesses have thought beyond the sole objective of generating profits. A beautiful example of this could be Ichiwa, a small mochi or snack shop founded by a Japanese family in the year 1000. Even today, it serves toasted mochi, the only item on the menu, to visitors of the shrine next to which it runs its business. It obviously had multiple opportunities to expand its business. It could sell more stuff like tea or cakes, but Ichiwa never even thought of them. Because making a quick buck was never the goal. Rather, it just stuck to serving customers who stopped by when they visited the shrine with one simple snack. In short, it prioritized long-term sustainability over short-term profits. And here's something a study by the Bank of South Korea found about this practice. Most Japanese companies that focused on their core businesses also rebuilt their businesses easily when disasters struck. And that's not the only secret sauce. Japanese businesses also tend to invest in rebuilding the community in turbulent times. It's something they choose about minimizing losses during a disaster. When the 2011 disaster hit Japan, one of its popular convenience stores, Lawson, decided to deliver nearly 200,000 meals to victims. It could have just shut down and kept its employees safe while cutting costs. But that's not what it did. It chose to help the community without considering how much it affected its already struggling business. The end result was that people remembered how the company helped them in times of crisis. And when the chain opened its stores in a disaster-affected area, just 11 days later, customers flocked to boost its business. Many other popular and young companies like Yakult and Uniqlo also did what Lawson did. And that could probably create a lasting impression on customers, giving new age companies the Chinese label in the future too. That's probably why Japanese businesses are also a cut above the rest, even when their growth curve is disrupted by disasters time and time again. Time for global businesses to take notes from Japan, perhaps. Thank you for listening to today's episode. FinShots Daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.